everyone, welcome to Good Vibes Sunday, a podcast by I am Warhol, and I'm your host, Austri Reifer. And today I'm going to be discussing everything about intention, how to live your life with intention, and how it matters so much in my personal experiences and everything in between. So stay tuned and thank you for joining I'm Warhol's Good Vibes Sunday. Hello, hello, good vibers. Hope everyone's having a beautiful Sunday. As always, I'm having uh, my morning coffee right now. And I just got done reading a book called The Seat of the Soul. For reference, I'm as always going to be referencing that down below. And you can find that um, if you're on the podcast, you may have to click through to our website to see it. But If you're on the blog right now, uh, you'll be able to find that below. But The Seat of the Soul is a book by Gary Zukoff. And it's a book that I heard about first from Oprah, of course. If you're just tuning in, uh, then you know I have a deep, deep connection, obsession, slash uh, freakish love for Oprah Winfrey. Um, and, And the reason so is because I just... I. Her teachings and the way that she has connected over the years has really resonated with me and it's something that I live by. So uh, her book that she recommended was The Seed of the Soul by Gary Zukoff, which discusses everything about intention. So Gary Zukoff's book basically discusses, in a nutshell, how to determine your intention and to understand that that is your intention that will determine the effect of everything. So if you understand in other words that intention is basically the motivation behind what you do. So it's basically the why uh, behind what you do and it is what determines what shows up in the effect. So for example, and this is a funny example because Adam gets so upset when when I tell him this, but he is a doer. I mean, Adam is definitely the guy that is, I mean, look, let me put it to you this way. When he used to play baseball, his teammates used to call him La Maquina Blanca. Um, this is this was in a, in a Mexico when he played out in Mexico. And it was in Spanish because obviously they spoke Spanish and he was a you know, big white guy. So they used to call him, it translates to the white machine. And the reason they called him the white machine was because he never stopped. Adam is a big, big time doer, as I mentioned. And, you know, he'll come home some days after a long day of not like ever stopping, like just doing and doing. And then he'll come home and it'd be starving. Um, but then he'll come home and then start like looking outside and be like, oh, I gotta mow the lawn. So then he'll like run out and start turning on the like lawnmower. And I'm like, wait, why don't you stop, eat some food, and then get out? And he's like, well, I'm racing light, you know, like I gotta, you know, the sun's gonna set soon. I gotta, I gotta mow this lawn. It's gotta get done. Blah blah. blah. Then he just starts working himself up, right? So, case in point, he'll mow the lawn, but he'll be bitching the whole time. I mean, he will be so angry, right? And then he comes in and then he's angry and just like, you know, just not having a good time and just starts kind of taking it out on me. And I always tell him, you know, if you just would have ate, if you would have taken the time to take care of yourself first and then went out there and mowed the lawn, the effect 
right now because it's always a trigger effect. I mean, you ever have something happen where, you know, you do something and then it just trickles on down. It's like a, like a spiral effect of things that start to like a snowball effect, like things start to kind of happen wrong and then wrong and then wrong and then wrong. Well, go back to the beginning, go back to what your intention was with the very first thing you did. And then from there, see how everything plays out because the effect is directly proportionately like completely related to the intention you had to begin with. So I always say is like if he comes home, eat some food. If your intention is to feel okay and for things to be better, for you to have all the energy to go out there and mow that lawn, then eat some food. Put yourself first. Make that your intention because if you don't, you know, everything thereafter is just going to be, I mean, it's going to be crap, you know? So that's one example of it. So a huge lesson from the book is determining your intention and understanding that that is basically what will determine every single effect. It's, he talks about like the Newton's third law of motion, um, which states that for every action, that is to say for every intention, there is an equal and opposite reaction. This means whatever you put out will be put right back onto you on every level. Okay, because let's just go back to our example of Adam. You know, he comes home, doesn't eat, goes out there, starts mowing the lawn. And let's say the lawnmower is acting up. Well, you know what? If he had eight, he probably would have taken that a lot more lightly versus I'm starving and this thing's being crappy and now I'm even more mad, right? So, or for example, after he's done all that, he's starving, he comes in the house and he's not in a good mood. So he starts, you know, talking to me and kind of like not in a great way. And then I lash back out because of course I'm like, don't talk to me that way. Relax. Like don't come in here with your negativity. So guess what that all could have been prevented by if he had the intention to take care of himself, feed himself first, and then come in, everything would have been so differently therefore after. So all of the effects would have just altered completely. And that's just life. If you stop to really think, if we were all to stop, right, and simplify everything and just think about our intention behind everything and understand that the effect is directly in proportion to what we put out and it will get put back on us. So the repercussions or the consequences, I guess you can say, are always based on what we put out and it's going to come back. If you understand that principle, and this is what that whole entire book was about, was the principle of intention, then everything in life just becomes that much more simple. Um, I always say this, like, for example, with gossiping. If you're gossiping about someone else or you're saying something negative about someone else, ask yourself, what is my intention? Why am I saying this about somebody? And understand that what you're saying about that person is going to come right back to you. So now if your intention of saying something bad about that person is is truthful, if it comes from a true place where you're saying, you know what, this person did me wrong and what I'm speaking is the truth, then guess what? When the effect happens, so when it all comes right back to you, you better be prepared to stand behind what you said. You better be prepared to say, yeah, I said it, and this is why I said it. 
And then you're going to be at more peace with yourself because if you set it for the wrong reasons, for the wrong intentions, then when it comes back to you, that's why a lot of people are like, you know, dumbfounded or they're kind of stuck in a situation where if they've said something about someone and when that thing comes back to them, then they're appalled. Oh, you know, how dare this even just show up in my life? But then it's like, well, you you started it. So if you started it, that's fine, but stand behind it right? So, so be present for it because understanding that it's going to come back to you is a big, big part of it. And a lot of people don't get that. You know, a lot of people just say things just to say things and they don't understand the repercussions that come from it. And they don't have a true intention. There's such a power behind words and there's a power behind them. The power being the intention and, and whatever that intention is, is really going to determine the outcome for you guys. You know, there was this, uh, this verse, or I guess you could say this quote, um, that I, that's really stuck with me since I read Oprah's book, uh, What I Know For Sure. If you haven't read this book, I've, I've pushed this book so much on my Good Vibe Sunday. Um, and I urge anybody who is just seeking some truth to basically everything about life. I mean, everything that is the essence of who we are, what our purpose is, self-expression, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, her book really touches you know, just the heart on every level. But her book, What I Know For Sure, she discusses where there was a boy who was passing away from, I believe it was cancer, um, and he uttered his last words to his mom. Right before he passed away, his words were, oh, mom, it's all so simple. Mom, it's all so simple. And those words, I mean, like, I can't even begin to explain how much that verse in the book just resonated with me just because it is all so flippin' simple. Like, it really is. This dying boy is telling his mom as, you know, his last words as he's seeing probably the light or whatever it is we see once we transition. And he's seeing this and saying, Mom, it was all so simple. And, um, yeah, I mean, we all make everything so complicated. It's man-made. Complications are so man-made. It's all so simple. How can I make my life less complicated is a question I always want to ask myself. You know, how can I strip things down from emotion, uh, step back from the situation and really look at it for what it is, see it for what it is. A good example of this is like, ex- I'm going to bring up my husband again, but uh so we're in the real estate industry. Uh, we deal with clients. We deal with a whole lot of emotions. And understanding that we have one of the biggest responsibilities, of course, besides uh, being of service, so being a firefighter, a nurse, a doctor, et cetera, et cetera, we have a job that deals with, I mean, if you really step back and think about this, people have one of the biggest investments in their entire life. So, you know, not everybody gets to buy, I don't know, a mansion or a boat or whatever it is. Like not every, but but 90% of people buy a home at some point in their life. That's a big deal for us. Our job is to literally sell people one of the biggest investments of their entire life. Can you only imagine the fear, the emotions, the struggle that we have to endure with them 
as they transition into this new chapter of their life of obtaining a home, right? Their dream home or whatever it is, home, first time home. I mean, the levels vary depending on what they're buying, when they're buying it, how old they are, uh, just their backgrounds, etc. But at the end of it all, at the core of it, every one of our clients have been afraid. And behind this fear is it comes with emotions. It comes with a whole lot of uh, ups and downs. And, you know, it wears on Adam sometimes. I've seen him kind of fall apart with them. And I always, he'll come to me and he explains, because I'm always involved in every single transaction from beginning to end. Uh, I may not be the real estate agent, not because I can't be, but because of choice. For Adam and my relationship to remain healthy, I've chosen, we've chosen to have two separate roles. And, and this is the reason that our relationship is healthy and while still working together, uh, is because we don't step on each other's toes. So if I were to become an agent, then, then we would be very mixed in together and it would just, we, we can get, we can cover so much more by having two roles, uh, than both having the same role, right? So there's two of us taking care of two different aspects of the business versus both of us trying to take care of one aspect. It makes no sense. So anyway, back to um, real estate, I'm still very much involved and I know every single detail of every single client, every single transaction, every paperwork, et cetera, et cetera. So I know what's going on. And when we have situations where clients get very emotional or even upset because they, of course, see what happens is that in the transition of, of buying a home, a lot of people, when they get emotional and things don't go their way, the only person they could ever blame is the real estate agent because they feel like, well, you can be doing more or, you know, whatever the, the situation is. And so Adam gets in a place where he feels, of course, upset or overwhelmed or, you know, whatever the problem is, it's put on him. And so I come in and I say, you know, I always, he always comes to me and we take the person, right? Because we, I think that the biggest misconception is, misconception is that a lot of people don't understand that this is a human, okay? that This is why I say with real estate, there's, there's so much of a human element to real estate. We're dealing with people's lives. We're dealing with people's families. We're dealing with people's homes. So it's, there's such a human factor that for Adam to get through and to really solve this, you have to strip it down to its bare bones. So you have to remove the emotion because understanding that these people are scared that they are, they don't mean what they're saying. They're just afraid. They're emotional. So as a professional, one has to remove the emotions. One has to understand and empathize with the client. Can't get mad at them. You have to understand that they're afraid. You have to understand that their intention isn't to harm you, isn't to be mad at you. Their intention is just to get a home and, and get through this without as, you know, with, without being harmed. And that's their intention. And so understanding that principle, understanding that and stripping it down to its bare bones is where the solution lies. Okay. This goes with anything and everything in life, you guys. If you just take anything and you strip it from the emotion, you strip it from all the BS that we've learned over the years. That's human, man-made emotions, 
everything that is problematic and negative has been taught to you. You know, I always say that is that we're born so pure. We're born. When you look at a child, just just take a moment one day and watch your child dance around or, you know, scream or make noises and laugh and all of these things that just make a human being pure. That right there is what we are. Over the years, we've only been added to. So this is what I say too, okay? Michelangelo, if you know anything about him, okay? He used to carve um, from stone. I learned this in our class. He used to carve from stone, from marble. Um, he, he would make these amazing sculptures, beautiful sculptures. Uh, one in particular, he made this amazing angel. I mean, just gorgeous angel. And what he would do is start with one humongous block of stone and then he chip away enough to make this figure of an angel. And when people would ask him or say, my gosh, you're so talented. How do you do it? You're amazing. Yada, yada. What an artist. He would say, well, it was already there. The angel was already there. All I did was remove the excess stuff the bullshit, which I call it, um, and reveal what was already there. Take a moment to think about that. It was already there. We have it inside of us to, to be amazing, to be pure. We add so much complication, so much BS to our lives when you really, so going back to Adam, okay, and our clients and everything, when you take the situation and when we strip it down to its bare bones, to, okay, these are the facts, you know, these are the numbers, uh, this is the buyer, this is the seller, this is what they're feeling, let's take that away and just break it down to its bare bones. I promise you guys, we have found a solution every single time. It's so simple. You know, it just takes remembering that, you know, and Adam's like, gosh, I, yeah, it's simple. I'm like, yeah, like, remember this, you know? So it, it really comes down to that. So with everything else, I always say that, that you must live your life with intention. You must live your life with intention. You know, going back to Gary Zukoff's book and the principle of intention and determining your intention and understanding that that is your intention that will determine the effect. I want to talk about this with uh, the disease to please. The disease to please is something that, you know, what this means is basically saying yes when you mean no. I've been so guilty of this. Gosh, even thinking about it makes me just want to weep because I've been, and I think a lot of you would agree, especially as a female, that the intention behind everything that is saying yes to everything is not truthful. So for example, I've been asked, I don't know, there's so many different examples, but let's just say I've been asked to go somewhere, you know, like to go out. I'm a very big introvert and a lot of people might not think so because when I'm in public settings or in gatherings, I I get along well. I mean, I don't seem like an introvert, but I am. At heart, I'm a big time 
I love my space. I love being alone. I enjoy it so much. I love being with myself. I meditate. I mean, I just, I'm a big time introvert. Um, it's when I do my best thinking. It's when I'm most creative. I just need to re-energize after being around tons of people. I'm best alone. So anyway, if I'm asked to go out, so going back to intention, if I'm asked to go out and I don't know, this is in the past, but I've there's been so many times that I've said yes when I really meant no. And every time that I've, I've said yes and I meant no, every single time, you know, I've, I've literally thought, okay, just this once. Like, I don't want them to think I'm mean or I don't want them to think I'm a bore or I don't want them to think I'm rude or whatever it is that my, my intention was, right? So my intention was for them to not think I'm rude and I don't want to go out with them or I don't like them or whatever it is. That was my intention, right? So now think about it, but I really didn't want to go. So every time I would go out, I would never have a good time. I would never have a good time. My only intention was for me to go out was for me to feel like they weren't going to be mad at me. Okay. So what was going to happen? Well, if my intention wasn't to go out and actually have a good time, or if it wasn't to go out because I really wanted to enjoy myself and go out and, you know, be out with these people, then the effect of that was going to reflect exactly what my intention was. And guess what? If my intention was to say no and I didn't want them to be mad at me and that's the only reason I went, then next time, you know, every time I found myself like they would ask me again, hey, you want to go out? And I'd be like, gosh, like I just went out with them. Like I don't want to go out again. But without realizing that every time, and this sounds so bad, I'm like, I don't want to go out with them. No, it's just like I really sometimes would, would rather may, maybe stay home and watch a movie or be with my husband or whatever it would be. And whenever I would go out and they would ask me again, maybe a week later, I would wonder, why are they asking me again? But it's because of my intention. I cared so much about them not thinking I was mean or I was so focused on, well, they're going to think I'm mean if I don't go out, then I got exactly what I asked for. If I kept saying yes, then they would think, well, she wants to go out. Well, she likes going out. Oh, well, let's ask Austria again out. And that isn't where my intention was. If that wasn't where my intention was, then why am I saying yes when I really mean no? And this is something that it took me a long, long time. It's why I say I want to weep on this one because it's happened in so many situations in my life where I've felt this need to please. It's, I call it the disease to please. And the disease to please comes in so many different levels. I've worked in corporate jobs even where I've had male men, you know, come at me and because again, I don't want to be rude and I don't want to come off as a snob or whatever, where they've almost disrespected me. And I've almost allowed it because of my intention versus, you know, I've allowed for them to continue to do, I've given them permission because my intention or what am I, not my intention, but my actions, my decision to say, okay, I don't want to be mean or I don't want to be a snob wasn't in line with what I really, really felt. What my truest, truest intention was, was to stop it. So 
again, this goes on so many different levels. It goes with what you say about people. It goes with what you do. Your actions are direct reflection of your intentions. So get your intentions correct. Get in line and in touch with your intentions because understanding your intention, that your intention matters and your intention has a direct and exact uh, you know, effect on what's going to happen next and what will come right back to you. So just like Newton's third law of motion, you know, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Whatever you do will come back to you. So whatever your intention is behind what you're doing will come back to you. It will keep coming back until you change your intentions, until you change your actions, which are simultaneously the same thing. So, and I say action and intention are simultaneously the same thing. I take that back. I do. I take it back. And I'm going to tell you why. Because sometimes you can have one intention, but then you can do something different. And that's where the problem is. That's where the problem is. You can have an intention. I can say, no, I don't want to go in my mind. That's my intention. And then I do something different. I go. And then guess what happens? Everything keeps coming back to what I didn't want what I didn't want to happen. I mean, it's like you have to set those intentions and you have to line those up with your actions. It's the only way to get the effects that you want in this life. And it's so simple. So I'm going to go a little bit more personal with, uh, with this whole intention thing. I, I'm not going to give any names, but I'm going to give a situation in my life where I wasn't happy with a group of people. And I wasn't happy for many reasons. Uh, I felt like my, my identity was being sabotaged. I felt like I was always being talked about. Um, and I felt like I was never understood. I felt like something that mattered so much to me or someone that mattered so much to me was the filter through what they saw me. They never saw me for who I was. And, and so my intention was always to make them happy. My intention was, you know, always about worrying about, or my actions actually, I could say, is that my intention and my actions were both about, you know, am I making them happy or are, am I good enough for them? Am I, um, you know, doing this or am I doing this wrong or right? Or, or what are they going to think about me? What are they going to say today? What are they? It was always about, I felt always pressured to watch what I did to just constantly be under my own microscope because I felt like I was always being judged. And Some of you might out there relate to this, but this can come in so many different variables. I mean, this could happen through social media, through your parents, through this, through that, through there. I mean, the list goes on and on of, of, I think, in my mind, of ways that you could relate to this. But I felt like I was always being judged. So I always filtered myself. I wasn't my authentic self. And that made me so unhappy because you know, I mean, you have to know this, that happiness comes with being your most authentic self. To be able to express yourself for who you are and never have to apologize for it is the biggest, most important, valuable lesson that I've learned in this life is to be yourself. 
to be authentic. You have a responsibility to be authentic. And I couldn't be. So that made me very unhappy. And I was unhappy for years because I was always trying to be this person that I felt like they would approve of. And with that, me doing certain things always made them feel like I was either being fake or I was being, I don't know, just not authentic. And I, and I guess they're right. I wasn't being authentic. I was always trying to please and, and worried about what they would think about me. So my intention was never to be happy. It was never to be myself. It was always to please these other people. And with that came unhappiness. So then I switched gears and I said, okay, well, let me be myself. Let me be my authentic self. Let me shine and just be who I am and and come at it in that direction. And when I did, it didn't even matter. It didn't set well. It was still never accepted. So then I came to terms with the fact that, you know what? For me to be happy, for me to actually be happy, that needs to be my priority, needs to be my intention. And, and it probably would be for them as well. They'd probably be happier if I just were to step away. So I stepped away. And it was the hardest thing I've ever had to do. I had to step away for me to finally see that I was happiest and that my truest, truest intentions were for me to be happy and for me to live a life of peace where I didn't have to be under a microscope, where I was just myself and to never have to apologize for that. And so in doing so, my intention really came through. I, have, I can say today that I have lived so peaceful today. I am my most authentic self, more so than I ever have been. I mean, not just that situation, but other things have played a big variable in this, just starting our business, my mother figure passing away, when you realize this life is so fragile and why waste it caring about anybody's opinion about you, caring about who or what people are doing. It doesn't matter because at the end of it all, no matter what you do, no matter what you say, if someone doesn't like you, Adam always calls it this. He goes, if you don't like someone and they're over there and they're drinking a straw wrong, I mean, you're going to see it. You know what I mean? Like, look at her. Look at her drinking that straw. What a dummy or whatever it is. It's like, no matter what, there's nothing you can do to change people and the way that they see you. It's not your responsibility. It's not your responsibility. That's theirs. It's them. They're the ones that see you that way. You know, when I always say when people gossip about you, it's not about you. It's about them. They're the ones who own that. What you have to do is you have to step back and understand it never was about you. They've got their own intentions all mixed up. You know, they don't even know why they're saying it. Or maybe they do, but that's not for you. It's for them to deal with. It's their karma, not yours. You must remember that there's always going to be the naysayers in your life. There's going to be the people that say, you know, you can't do it or just whatever. I mean, gosh, when we started our business, Leonie, I remember presenting it to friends and family and Adam and I both were so excited and all we had was this idea. We had no money. We had nothing. And people, you know, especially with our four causes, uh, if you don't know about those, we donate every transaction goes through us. We donate a portion of it to a cause, which is cancer, hunger, building homes for the homeless and the environment. 
So what we do is we have our clients choose a cause and we donate. And so especially when we were going through tough times and we didn't have very much money, we were told, you know, how can you donate if you guys are struggling yourselves or, you know, all of that stuff. And it never mattered. It never mattered because my mother figure who passed away, I always said she had no money. She had no money. She, gosh, she was. Uh, she worked at a record store. To tell you that, um, out in L.A., she drove every day from Riverside to L.A. And when I say every day, I mean every single day. She opened her little store, and she sold CDs. At the beginning, she used to sell records, and then she began selling CDs. And I mean, you can imagine with iTunes and iPods that started to come out. You know, back in the day. It started to go downhill and she was making no money, but she always found a way to donate. Even if it was just a couple bucks to, you know, St. Jude's Children's Hospital, she always found a way to donate. And I I felt like it was almost ridiculous that we were being questioned of why are you donating if you don't have very much? It's like, well, we weren't giving very much in the beginning, but at least we were giving. Our intentions were set and our intentions were that we were going to make a difference How does anybody get started on anything if they don't start? You have to get started. You have to set your intentions and say, I'm going to do this. Even if it kills me, I'm going to do this because this is my intention. My intentions are good and I'm going to do this. And I know that having the best intentions will only help me get where I want to be more and more and more so, right? So Newton's third law of motion for every action, there's an opposite and equal reaction, For everything you do, it will come back to you. So we did. And today I'm happy to say that we've continued to do so in more of a bigger and a better way. We've been able to give back and it's been feeling amazing and and our intentions are being fulfilled and it feels so good. And that right there is what freaking fills me. So when anybody tells you, you know, you can't do something or you shouldn't do something or why are you doing something? Don't listen to them. Don't pay any attention to them, okay? You do what your heart tells you. You do what your intentions are telling you to do. You set them every day. Set your intentions. What do you want out of this life? You know, and I'm not talking about material things. I'm not talking about homes. I'm not talking about cars or how much. No, I'm talking about what is your purpose on this earth? What do you want to contribute? What do you want to leave behind when you pass away? Even if it is just for your children, what do you want to set as an example? What are your intentions? Set those, get those straight, and live your life that way. Don't go by what they're going to say because they're not living your life. You are. I say that, you know, you have to own the responsibility behind words. Um, Words have such lasting power. There is such lasting power in words. And there's so much responsibility that comes with that. You know, that's why every time I do these Good Vibe Sundays, I'm like, okay, what am I going to say? How am I going to say it? Because what I say, it all has a repercussion. It all has an effect. I mean, whoever is listening will take it in whatever way they want to take it. So there has to be some kind of responsibility behind the things you do. You have to set those intentions. I have to set those intentions. And it's so important to remain authentic, to speak your truth. Um, to put all your energy behind it and stand when others don't agree, necessarily agree, or uh, or when they want to tear you down. It's like you have to be authentic. Don't care if they agree or if they want to tear you down. They do it because 
you know, their intentions for you and most important for themselves are out of whack. It's, uh, it's like I said earlier, it's not about you. It's about them. They own that, not you. They own it, not, not you. As long as you're at peace with yourself, then you are living your most authentic life. Then you know that what they're saying is just theirs and you're at peace with your intentions, then everything thereafter won't even phase you. So basically, whatever they're saying about you, as long as you know the intention behind everything that you've done, because you're only responsible for yourself. You cannot be responsible for other people. You can only be responsible for yourself. So as long as you know that the intentions behind everything you've ever done for those people or others around have been good and you've come from a good place, then whatever they say after, if they come and they bash on you and don't agree with you or whatever it is, then at least you can be in peace with yourself, you know, because you had good intentions. It's the only peace of mind you could ever have is knowing that you had the greatest intentions. So, you know, guys, I always say this is that I always say what I always say, huh? I always say, I always say, <laughs> I find myself when I listen back to the Good Vibe Sunday, I like hear myself I'm like, I always say, uh, anyway, no, but you know, I always feel like the reason that you are here is that you already know all of this. Like, you know, there's a reason you're here and that you're drawn to this Good Vibe Sunday. I feel like uh, there's a reason this all resonates with you that it's because you're yearning to remember that you want to be reminded of the beauty that yourself holds in this life, that you want to live more authentically, the love you want to offer everyone, the expression you want to give. Um, All that I am doing is reminding you of all of this, of all the pieces of yourself that want to aspire to reach for the best and highest expression of yourself. You know, as a human, that's that's the commonality between us all. We all have that yearning to be, you know, ourselves and to and to express ourselves. And that's all I do on these Good Vibe Sundays, guys. And if you're here and you're you're still listening, it's because you want the same thing. And all I'm doing is reminding you because like I said, just as a child dances around and I see their innocence, like we were all born that way. We're all connected in that way. You know, there's hate in the world. There's this, there's that. There's so much diversity, but all of that has been learned. I feel like we're when we're born, like when we pass away, there is no gender. There is no race. There is no religion. There is no jealousy. There's no diff- like just there's none of that negativity. I feel like when we're born, we come with that, that purity. And as time goes by, we're layered and layered just like Michelangelo with the stone, you know, and the angel. It's like we're layered and layered with bullshit and we just keep adding it. And as much as you keep allowing that to keep adding on, is as much negativity that will keep coming into your life. If you just keep remembering that child inside of yourself, if you just keep stripping off, just like Michelangelo took all those pieces off, you know, those chunks off the the angel, if you just keep doing that to yourself and every single day understand that this, this life, it's practice. It takes practice. It takes effort. It takes work. It doesn't just happen overnight. 
I myself personally, I can, I can say like people, I've, I've been told like, oh, what do you think you're perfect? Do you think you've got this down? Gosh, I, I can't like, I'll tell you, like I've been through so much scrutiny in my life. I've been through so much hate that people have told me, you know, look at her. She thinks she's so perfect or look at her and thinks her, you know, oh, that just comes easy to you, Austri. Oh, you're just skinny because you, you know, you're genetically that way. No one, it's so much easier to say that. You know, it's so much easier to just say, oh, well, that just good things just happen for them. You know, that never happens for me. Well, no, it's like me saying, you know, that person is huge and buff. Oh, they were just born that way. No, they worked out. (laughs) They worked out every single day to get that way. Or they put in those hours in the gym. So what I'm saying here is that for you to be a better person in this life and the next, you have to put in the work. You have to chip away at what's already inside of you. What's brought you here, why you're drawn here, is because I'm talking about something that is already inside of you. All I'm doing is reminding you. So live your life with intention. It's so simple. If you go through your life and question everything, you question your intention behind every single thing you do. Watch your life turn around. Watch that magic start to happen. Because I'm telling you guys, I've done it. I'm doing it. This, is a, this isn't a one and done. It's forever. You continuously live your life this way. And I promise you, peace will begin to come into your life the way it's starting to come into mine. All right, good vibers. So I hope you all enjoyed this talk. I hope you have a happy, happy Sunday. And I will be tuning in next week. So catch us next week, all right, all? Bye.